Ever wondered how to make money and conflict work for you? Is that even a thing? Today you're listening to Sarah Squared, a conversation brought to you by conflict resolution expert Sarah Blake and finance expert Sarah Wells. They'll be sharing personal stories, real-life professional cases and heaps of tips on how you can turn problems into opportunities. They do this with humour and more than likely a bottle of gin. So don't let the uncomfortable stop you from moving forward. Welcome back to Sarah Squared. Uh, hi, Sarah. Hi, everyone else. This is episode two that we are leaning into, all about money and conflict and making it work for you. How are you today, Sarah? I'm fabulous, Sarah. It's great to be in the studio with you. See your smiley face across the microphone. Uh, we're having fun as usual. Uh, coffee may have gone, so uh, we're going to keep going with this conversation. Today is a really interesting conversation for you all. It's about money problems, marriage and conflict. Conflict. Oh, money, marriage. They're interesting ones, aren't they? Oh, we tried to unpack this conversation as we were preparing to come to you guys and there's just so much we wanted to talk about. And in actual fact, I think there's a whole series around money and relationships and conflict. Most definitely. So I think we've decided to do the KISS principle, which is the keep it simple, Sarah. Yes, I like that reinvention. Um, and it is always, as all things, about keeping it clear and focused. And we're going to bring that to the conversation today about all your marriage, money, conflict problems. And guess what? We've both been there and we both continue every day to wrestle with our relationships and valuing them and valuing money. So it's about bringing some real heart to this conversation as well. And Sarah, I think where we kind of landed after our little interlude earlier on to have this conversation around it is... When there's a when there's conflict in a marriage, is it really the end? Sorry, is it really the beginning of the end or simply the next chapter? I know. It's such a, a reframe of the whole debate. And I think particularly with the pressures that many families' relationships are facing with COVID right now, uh, we are seeing a high increase in the number of um, divorces and separations. People are having to live together in very intense lockdown environments and it's bringing all your pressures to the surface. There's money strains and unfortunately the fallout has been that many relationships have not or are not surviving this time. Whether it's about money or whether it's about any of the decisions that have led to this point, particularly in lockdown where there is just so much pressure applied from every angle, homeschooling, working from home, sharing the dinner table, the you know Wi-Fi, everything that's going on in a household, it is really magnifying the fact that people were either unable or didn't realise that they needed to have conversations earlier on and now they're having big, loud conversations where it looks as though in their mind that the outcome is it is the end of the relationship. And I think what we identified in having our chat earlier is, is it really the end? And for many people, we don't think it is, but it is 
the indicator they need to start having this conversation. And it's not easy. I think both you and I would acknowledge that this transition from is this the beginning of the end or the beginning of the next chapter takes courage. It takes a lot of hard work, right? Because you've got to that point of desperation or hopelessness. This is all over. And the choice to, I guess, reframe and say, hey, what can we discover from this opportunity? It's a hard step to take. And I think for a lot of people, they go, well, there's too much water under the bridge. I mean, even us coming here today to do these podcasts about talking about conflict and money, there was a lot that went into that. You know, are we going to start to talk about things going to make people feel uncomfortable? You know, are we going to frame it right? Is it going to be perfect? And I think what we've, you know, ultimately come at to is as long as we're talking about it, we're able to bring it to the table and hopefully give people the courage to do the same thing. That's right. And what we look at in relationships is we're different. We are so different. And I think on one level we know this, but often when it comes to money issues, we kind of forget and we don't value those different so well and what we see is that plays out and becomes conflict and conflict often is at the root of it is a sense of blame it's all the other person's fault right they spent too much money or they weren't sharing the load or they were just doing stuff without asking me and it it creates this whole scenario where it's about it's all the other person's fault Whereas maybe what we need to look at is what is our part in it? Where are we responsible? Because we didn't get into this situation overnight and it can't just be one person's fault. We might have different roles in the relationship, but maybe my part is simply that I put all of the responsibility on making money decisions on my partner. So how do I kind of wind that back and start to have that conversation and look to steer this from being a conversation about the end of a relationship or how do we break up? And the one thing that we all know is if you've got money problems at the beginning of a divorce, you're most probably going to have money problems at the end of the divorce because the money's going to kind of follow you all the way through. How do we steer this around into a conversation about moving forward and writing that next chapter where we celebrate the differences in the relationship and we maybe look to, to do better and be better? I think it starts with a choice. And I know, you know, I've been there. It is about a choice of, hey, this might not be right, but right now let's do the best we can to hold this space and have this hard conversation and see what might emerge from it. And in making that choice, I think you also take a degree of responsibility. Okay, I can't fix everything and maybe we can't fix this, but I can take responsibility for my part in this and understanding perhaps how it's impacted you in a way that I perhaps didn't see or I didn't value. The thing I've always wondered about when it comes to money, conflict and relationships is does the money become the symbol of the other issues that sit within the relationship? Because I often look at it and, you know, looking at clients and kind of going, you're arguing about money, but what I'm really hearing is you're not hearing one another. Yeah. Like, so money becomes the, almost the weapon or the, the symbol of the fact that we don't talk, we don't make joint decisions, we don't spend any time together. We really are not a marriage. We are two people with a shared bank account and shared resources, and I don't like the way you're allocating them, so I'm going to blame you for, for my sadness and misery. Yeah, look, I think that money is power. We've come to associate money with power, and it's a way that you can have power over other people, or it's a way that you can control the dialogue. 
and the money, the language money in a way, you're spending too much or we don't have enough money. It's kind of an easy way to frame a, a conflict or a fight. So is having more money the way to solve the problem? Oh no, I, I think you and I would both say that that's not actually going to solve all your problems. In fact, you just need to jump onto social media and see the breakdown in high celebrities and the wealthy population. It's, it doesn't make life any easier. So money is not the root of all of our problems. No, but it, I think it is a vehicle for the fight. Yeah, it definitely it definitely is the, the weapon of choice when it comes to talking about or trying to sometimes create that conversation. We, you spoke earlier on about having the courage to have the conversation. And I think that's the hardest part because a lot of these, the storm did not happen overnight. Like if, you ha- if you're arguing on a Monday morning, it didn't happen on a Friday night. Like it's been brewing for some time. So quite often there will be an event like a credit card over the limit or not getting approved for a home loan or not being able to, you know, upgrade the house or, you know, holidays really aren't a big issue at the moment in COVID. <laughs> but, you know, it might it might be renovating the bathroom. Like you're, you're all of a sudden reality, there is a, a malalignment between reality and expectation. Yeah. And then that will trigger a conversation and people will argue about it and they'll look to blame someone. That's right. And if you're a woman, you're probably more likely to have held on to a grudge. I know I have been in the habit of just holding on to that grudge from six months ago, from 12 months ago. And so we start to build layers upon this weapon. Then it gets the intensity increases. So given that one of the strategies that I would suggest to people when they're talking about money is to try not to have it at the dining room table or at home and it might be on a walk or having a you know a coffee date where you can start to have that conversation where you're probably going to be on your better behaviour than you are in your comfort zone being home. And a lot of people are in COVID at the moment and in lockdown is, is there the possibility that we can just have this conversation and do it in a kind way rather than picking that fight? Because I'm sure there are some people out there that, and maybe some women that are holding on to a grudge and they're now at the position where they can make a choice. They're either going to go down the route where it's going to be the beginning of the end or they can go down the route and saying, hey, maybe maybe we need to rewrite our money future and have this conversation. And this really goes to the heart of blame versus responsibility, right? It is so much easier to blame. And I think what you and I are both saying is that it's having the courage to take responsibility. Responsibility for your own actions, for your own mindset, for that choice of shall we give this everything we can to try and work out what that next chapter looks like rather than being the beginning of the end. So one of the things I've always found that's been really helpful for me when kind of building some courage is, you know, when I talk to to my partner and even business partners over the year, I've kind of started where it's something that I haven't done well at. Like I've kind of revealed or shared a part of myself rather than jumping in and going, hey, last Tuesday you didn't do this well. It's sort of like, well, I could have done this better. Look, I think a safe way to have a difficult conversation is to always start, hey, you may not be aware of this, but when you say this, it makes me feel like you don't respect me. Or when this happens, it makes me feel like I maybe didn't do what I needed to do or I didn't understand. So when you soften the conversation by making it about the impact of you. It doesn't throw a spear 
into the shoulder of the other person. It allows some space for a different conversation rather than that blame game. And I think it's really important. And we've got to stay away from blame and shame. Like it really doesn't work when it comes to talking about money, comes to talking about relationship or really about moving forward. Because ultimately when I know when I start talking about blame, I've already got the idea in my head that I'm at the end. That's right. And so I want to, I want to make it someone else's fault so I can leave the situation with the minimal amount of discomfort possible. That's right. And I think what you and I are saying is this is the beginning of the next chapter. Who knows what that's going to look like or where that adventure will take you. But the art, I think, in balancing marriage, money and reducing the cost of conflict is to really lean into those differences, those differences of roles and values that you both in and have that conversation. Uh, find a way that you can clarify those roles and take self-responsibility, take joint responsibility for creating a new future. Couldn't agree more. And my last last point around that is remember, if we're not able to kind of resolve our issues around money and relationships in this relationship, we're still going to take ourselves to the next one. And taking it in a way that's empowered. And I think owning your own, uh, taking your own responsibility in that about money and relationships, I think will help place you in a stronger position to fly and find freedom. Sarah, couldn't agree more. Alrighty. Thanks, crew, for listening to episode two about money and conflict and marriage. Honestly, we could just keep talking about this topic. So I reckon we probably will and look forward to tuning in next time. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Sarah Squared, where we hope you've discovered some useful tips on how to turn life's messy moments into opportunities for growth. If you'd like to support this podcast, please subscribe and share it with others. If you'd like to get in touch with either of the Sarahs, go to Instagram at Sarah Squared Podcast to stay up to date. 